following was produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated in Memphis, Tennessee. Hello, my name is Rick Cheddar, and this is From Radioland. Greetings, salutations, hello, hey, how's it going? Welcome to another episode from Radioland from the home office in Memphis, Tennessee. As we do, it is episode number 436, uh, back from the hiatus that was uh, basically the summer. <laughs> uh, back at it. It's it's good to be back. I've been looking forward to doing this. We talked about this last week, and uh, all things considered, all things are good. All things considered is a show on NPR. This has nothing to do with that. So y'all, you know, don't, don't, you know, put down the, put down the torches and pitchforks, man. <laughs> it was just, it, it's a clever name for a show. It's actually a pretty good show. If you're into that kind of stuff, uh, their take on uh, news and politics and, uh, <clears throat> economics and stuff like that. I'm all for anybody wanting to broaden their horizons. And if this show, if, if radio land is one of them that helps do that, then all the better. If it's not, then you don't get to hear me bitch because I don't care. <laughs> I know. Hey, Rick, I don't have to be an ass about it. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, this is uh, this particular episode being recorded on the 11th of October. Uh, more precisely, it's about 15 minutes in front of the 6 p.m. hour. This will air at radio-memphis.com at around midnight on Thursday morning. Wednesday night, Thursday morning, somewhere in there. Following the Spud Goodman radio show. And it looks like Tuesdays, it looks like going to be the new production date. So far, so good. I, I can deal with this. I, we can make this happen. This gives me a time, you know, an extra day to kind of not have to worry about it, and we're you know still sorting it out. You know, when we brought the thing back, <clears throat> this show, we yeah, there's a lot of consideration. We're gonna do anything different because this show is, you know, it's gone through all its its evolution as they do. You know, um, there are shows that have been around a while. This one has been around for seven years and uh, ish. It'll be seven in February. Or will it be 8 in February? I don't know. Who cares? Who's keeping score? Nobody. Uh, that, the point being is that there's no arc to this thing. There's a lot, Well, there's an arc in everything. There's the beginning. There's its heyday. It's salad days. Everything's good. And it makes a few changes to kind of maintain that. And then it kind of it drifts off. And then the, the so does the listeners. And, and then, then you're just talking to yourself, which sometimes it feels like that. But frankly, I don't care. So, but this is different because there is no, there's no plot to any of this. <laughs> this is a show really about nothing. We talk about things. Uh, it becomes dated, I guess, the more long in time you get, which is fine. Um, you know, podcasts are about the moment, about what, you know, what's, what it is, it, you know, over that seven to 10 day period that people might be talking about. And that's, you know, and that's kind of what, that's kind of what this is. And so while, uh, you know, looking at, you know, uh, coming out of the hiatus and, and getting back into the, into the swing of things, um, did we want to make any changes to, to the thing? And the answer is no, not at all. I mean, we did our interview thing. We did some stuff that we pulled from the air. We would have very specific interviews for this. Our friends, um, um, over at uh, Star Promotions and World Star Promotions and Eileen and, and them and Jimmy Star have been very helpful. We're going to be doing some stuff with them, I hope, uh, a little bit later on. Not on this show, but over at uh, over at Radio Memphis. Because that's, that's, that's really, you know, I spend most of my time there, it seems. <laughs> my broadcast time happens over there. And then here in the studio is, you know, is a little bit different because there's no live audience for this thing. I prefer not to work with a live audience in a, in a studio setting. It's really weird. 
uh, unless I'm broadcasting live. I don't know why that is. Um, uh, here's a prime example. As soon as I'm done here this afternoon and, and get this show finished and, and put out, <laughs> um, I've got to go back into production with a, a with an audiobook I'm working on now. I'm not listening to it. I'm, I'm recording it. I'm the voice of it. And uh, it's, it's a great book called uh, uh, A Nose in Front. And I've been working on this for a while, and I'm down to the very end of it. So I th- we're hoping to wrap either late tonight or sometime tomorrow, which is fine. And that puts me about uh, a little over a week ahead of the deadline. Even better, get this thing out. Get it done so you folks can hear it. It's been a, it's been a great ride. But at any rate, um, I have been asked. Um, so I have family coming into town and I've been asked if it would be kind of cool if, if, uh, a guest could sit in the studio while I'm, while I'm working on that book. And I said, no, it's not cool. I'm sorry. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be an asshole about it, but I, but I'm not going to let that happen. It's kind of hard to work like that. Uh, there's an old joke in this business about, you know, I can't work like this. (laughs) I used to work with a guy who did that a lot. But no, this this isn't like that. It's just that when you are working an audiobook that has got a lot of, uh, um, oh, I don't know, uh, narrative that comes from different angles, and i.e., different voices. You know, you, there's a lot of concentration. There's a lot of stopping and starting, and it's and it's and it's frustrating to do it sometimes because you know it's like anything else. You have good days and bad days. Some days you can whip right through it and just be done with it. And then there are other days where you get in and you start doing it and you're going through the script and you go through a couple of rehearsal takes and then you're, you know, you're off and going and, and then there's, it just, the wheels come off the train and then there's problems and added to that, the added bonus of, of feeling like, you know, even though maybe not making eye contact with an individual that's in the room, it's the, the point of, I know they're there <laughs> and I'm trying to do my best and trying to give them something, but at the same time, I, you know, it's it's an excruciating process at times, and I don't want to put anybody through that. If they want that, they can listen to this, <laughs> because it is it's it can be an excruciating process for the listener. I'm fully aware of that, you know. So we were talking about last week about you know podcasters that go, oh yeah, you know, it takes me a long time to uh, put out an episode of my show because after I record it, I have to take all the breaths out and I have to take all the ums and the odds and the screw-ups and the all and it's like shut up that's not what it, people don't want to hear that that's artificially intelligent and and you're not that artificially stupid that's kind of us though uh, we're that we're smarter than we appear <laughs> uh yeah that's probably like the only the only time you ever hear me honk my own thing um whatever i know that sounded salacious as well but no that's not what we're here for We're here because I have a topic, and we talked about it last week a little bit in the tease, the promo, the thing that happens, and uh, we're going to be talking about your friend and mine, Mark Zuckerberg, and the uh, what has become the absolute shitstorm of Facebook, Meta, whatever. We're going to get into that because uh, things are not going well in Zuckland. No, sir. No, sir. We talked about it this morning on the uh, Radio Memphis in the Morning Show with LJ and I, and about how things are just really kind of, kind of going bad. And we'll, we'll get to that, and uh, we'll see what the fallout is. It should that should there be? I don't know. We're going to do a lot of hot taking and a lot of supposition and a lot of what ifs and what abouts and that kind of stuff. So that's what's coming up, right? Are you okay? You dig? You follow? You with me? Like you can answer. I don't know. Get back to what you're doing for about 60 seconds, and we'll be back with more from Radioland right after this. You love your dog. 
Is something bothering him or her and you can't figure out what it is? Maybe they seem slow or lethargic, and maybe they just don't have energy. Wouldn't you like your dog to be living their very best life? PetJoy offers a money-back guarantee on all of its products. If your dog won't eat it or you don't see the results you want, just let us know and we'll make it right. Totally risk-free. What do you have to lose? You can't buy PetJoy multivitamins in a store. The only way you can get them is through this unique radio offer. And if you call right now, learn how to get two bottles free with your order. Turn your dog's life around and make him or her a happy camper. Ain't that right, boy? He said call PetJoy right now. 800-296-1495-800-296-1495-800-296-1495. That's 800-296-1495. You've heard me make this comment before on this show and perhaps other places where you have heard my voice. In regards to social media and apps and product in that it's simply this. If it's free for you to use and to play with, that means you are the product. And this is something that came out of what what happened within the realm of social media. You know, we can all remember when Facebook kind of happened. Well, most of us. I know there's probably some younger listeners that are going, wow, what that happened? It's not been around forever? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's one of those deals. Uh, when Facebook launched, <clears throat> you know, brief history, it started on some college Ivy League school thing. Was it Yale? Harvard? One of those. Who knows? One of those. And it was this weird site that was only available to the students over there. And it was kind of like a weird almost a dating thing, but it was people talking bad about other people, which, you know, it hadn't changed. (laughs) It hasn't changed over the years because it's still what it is. It's social media. And yeah, it kind of started the whole thing. I give it to, to the Zuckster for figuring that out. Um, Once again, he created a free product that because you use and you give information to, you've become the product and you become what people are selling. You're you're the target thing. They know you. They try and predict what it is that you are, what you have, what you want, what your likes and your loves and your desires may be, and they sell you products based on that knowledge. And then something happened. People grew up. People started getting sick of seeing this. I get it. We all did. For some of us, a little more quickly than others. <coughs> Pardon. So, uh, no, I'm not editing that out. So the no- the notion here is that uh, as we peruse through our Facebook pages anymore, it's people uh, still doing the things that they did before because they have to feel better about themselves, perhaps, or they want to get some information out there. For example, uh, as I peruse through my uh, my feed now, which, by the way, I'm one of the guys that use the um, the more recent feed. I don't like the the curated feed. I like the recent feed, even though it still comes in kind of weird. But still, uh, it's you know, it's the usual stuff. It's it's people talking about uh, their likes, their loves, their uh, their jokes. They're trying their they're trying their their material out there. That's that's well and good. There's a lot of pictures, and there's a lot of people that are doing their thing. And you know, you got photography companies and stuff like that that's happening, and uh, that's that's great. And there's a lot of self-affirmation things because, you know, 
people have to feel good about themselves, I suppose. Uh, so at any rate, um, it, it is what you suspect it is. It, you realize that we could have, we have lived without this because bringing it to us is not a matter of, oh my God, what would the world be like if we didn't have it? Uh, apparently there's no one really misses it when it does rarely go down. And when it does, it's, it's like, you know, okay, great. And a lot of people have moved on to other things. Um, it's, uh, it's sort of, uh, it's sort of interesting. It's, uh, it's amusing to watch how people have reacted over the years with this thing. And the big change the big notion of what has happened is that the younger demographic that used to be all about it have well they've grown up they they have they've they've turned into adults they've moved along aside from the old people that are sticking around going hey check out this picture of my lemon tree or whatever and and it's there's nothing there it's just a a thing no substance, as I mentioned. And when the youngsters bailed for greener pastures, which was originally Instagram, all of a sudden, Facebook made overtures to Instagram and bought it and acquired it or whatever they did. Stole it. I don't know. They got it. But they didn't make any changes to it, really, because people are still they They know not to screw with that. They're, they're, there's people that enjoy using it. I'm amused by it. It's not Facebook. It's what it is. It's it's because it doesn't feel like Facebook. That's the beauty of it. And then somewhere along the way, Snapchat happened. Well, that was fun. It's different. People still use that. That's a communications device now more than anything else. Not so much social media. It's like a, you know, it's a thing. I don't use it. I, I don't have it on my phone. I, I know my wife does. She stays in touch with her family with it. So there's that. And they live overseas. So that, you know, that's an interesting thing. Uh, and then, of course, you know, somewhere in the midst of all this, you had Twitter come in and go, hey, look, man, I'm the toxic guy. I'm the I'm the troublesome. I'm the troublesome neighbor. And that was the case. And I get a kick out of using it because there's a lot of like minded people <laughs> like me that's on there. That's quick to, you know, point out the problems. OK, so that's what we do. And then, of course, you know, YouTube turned into a social network and then there was Reddit and there's other things. There's Telegram, there's uh, Discord, there's a there's a there's a bunch. But we're starting, you know, we started with Facebook and that's where I want to that's what I want to get into right now, because with everybody that had moved and shifted. Mark Zuckerberg and company didn't know quite how to handle this. And as a result, when the younger folk left. When they're like, oh, it's too many old people over here. They keep talking about Led Zeppelin and the Eagles, and I don't like either. Wow, who are these people? Uh huh. True story. So with that going on, the younger people didn't want to be around because, you know, mom's all sliding up into my DMs, you know what I'm saying? And they just couldn't handle that. And that's fine. That's there's there's a point where generational crossover just doesn't exist, and social media is kind of one of those things. And there was a line that got crossed that freaked a lot of people out. And that's when Facebook, uh, well, somebody within Facebook had made the remark that Zuckerberg was interested in having an Instagram for children. Okay. All right. Just the thought of that is pretty creepy. 
Now, notwithstanding, YouTube has a YouTube for children thing, and it's that's different. Google does a pretty good job of parsing that out, and it's relatively safe. And with in the hands of a proper adult being around, you know, to monitor your kid playing around on a site like YouTube, there it is. And YouTube has some pretty pretty tough standards you want to meet, you know. Although there are times I look at it and go, God damn, really? Nevertheless, Instagram for Kids was announced, and there was all of this all of this hollering that came out about it. And it was short-lived because all of a sudden that whole notion went away. I guess Zuckerberg had finally figured out, probably heard from a bunch of people that, you know, this is not a good idea. There's no, he said, like, this is an untapped market. And parents didn't want to have their children tracked. Uh-huh. Makes sense, doesn't it? I, I know if I had any kids, I wouldn't want mine tracked. That would be weird, upsetting. Uh, it's 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 one thing if it's me because I can kind of control the algorithm, believe it or not, and you can too. Just don't give them accurate information. It's, it's plain and simple. the The point being is that very quickly the the notion of an Instagram for kids seemed like a bad idea. Was in fact actually a bad idea, and there was no there was just you know hollering from all ends of the spectrum on this. Pro social media people even said, no, 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 the kids don't need this. They really don't. They need to be worried about other things like, you know, uh, schoolwork or or what, you know, what other goofy website they're playing or kids games and stuff like that. That's that's what that is. I would assume, you know, like I said, I'm not a parent. So uh, if it were, that would probably be the case. There's plenty of time for a youngster who becomes of age and can handle the things that are being seen and done and performed on social media, TikTok, boy, that's a big one. It really is. And but still, it's relatively harmless, I would say, for the most part, aside from the old tracking stuff, but they all do that and you have to be aware of that. Nevertheless, Zuckerberg decides <clears throat> that his next big move is the world of virtual reality. So to prepare for this, he changes the name of his company. He drops the word Facebook, even though Facebook is a property. You know, that social media has not changed its name. It's now a company. It's a Meta company, right? Meta, M-E-T-A. Of course, his people didn't do the proper research and found out there's a couple of, well, one big one out of Canada that is called Meta. And they're in the they're in the software business, and I think they're suing or, they're, or whatever they're doing. And you know, Zuckerberg with all of his money is trying to make that go away. Whatever the case is, Meta is a thing. I don't call it Meta. I, sometimes I refer to it when I, when I go into particular news stories about it, <coughs> just because we have to understand what it is. But it's still it's Facebook. You know, you can lipstick on a pig; it's still a pig. You know, I get it. Well, as we all know. He, he has publicly basically said that he has chosen the hill upon which to die. And that is this um, virtual reality thing. This was a Horizons, I think is what it's called. I can't remember what it is. You don't hear that much about it, just aside from the VR part of it. And it's requiring you, the consumer, to actually spend money on this to have access to it. Is that a good thing? It depends. Is it a bad thing? Most definitely. (laughs) 
here's here's what I'm getting at. I mean, you're still the product, but you've got to pay you got to pay for access to it. I'm not talking about a subscription. I'm talking about the very equipment you need to use it. And this is what's weird. It, what came out just this afternoon on the 11th of October was news that uh, his company's newest virtual reality headset, dubbed, they've named it the Meta Quest Pro, is available for sale and will start shipping on the 25th of October of 2022. Okay, so you got a, you got a thing. You got to it's it's the, it's the goggles. It's the thing you got to put on your head. It's the virtual reality. It's what makes the all this work. Uh huh. Uh, old Zuck debuted the thing at Meta's Con- Connect conference. This is according to CNBC, geared toward virtual reality and augmented reality developers, VR and AR. This is where he thinks everybody's at. Okay, everybody, that, oh, everybody wants virtual reality. I don't care what they say. Same thing with augmented reality because Google's had some actual decent success with that, surprisingly. But they're just they're meeting it up very slowly. Not Zuckerberg. He's going in. He's going balls deep with this thing. Well, anyway, this new headset, right? Meta's Quest Pro is going to cost you one thousand five hundred dollars. That's eleven hundred more than Meta's Quest Two. Fifteen hundred dollars. That's more than a decent laptop, believe it or not. A Chromebook is like what three hundred bucks. Your phone that you're probably listening to this on is about fourteen hundred bucks, depending on how old it is and where it is that you got it from. If it's an iPhone, yeah, it's about twelve to fourteen hundred, depending. I know Androids are a little cheaper, but still, it's fifteen hundred dollars. So all told, you you're you're three you're three grand in tech between a phone and this thing, and not that many people are willing to be tethered to a uh, uh, a laptop or a tablet. Uh, much less a desktop thing, although I don't know. I, I and I've never look. I've never I've never played around with this thing because I don't really have a desire to. It just seems like a neat parlor trick is really kind of all this is. And we've all we've all heard the stories that he's demanding that people use this, and they want you know companies to do their business on this thing as a paid thing. And he's facilitating this environment where he thinks everybody in the world is going to do business through this and. No, I, I don't see that happening. This is nothing more than a, a different version of Second Life. If you don't know what that is, look that up. I'm not going to go into it on this, but it's no different than what this is. It's probably, a, you know, uh, this whole Facebook thing is probably a much elevated version of that. As a matter of fact, this $1,500 MetaQuest Pro headset, here's the deal. It contains new tech, an advanced mobile Snapdragon computer chip, Snapdragon if I'm not mistaken, came from the world of tablets. It's a pretty quick little processor. It does a lot of cool things, but it was developed for Qualcomm, who's a chip manufacturer, and it helps the device produce more advanced graphics. Gotcha. It looks sexy. It What you see looks sexy. I don't know about the headset itself. It's whatever. But the graphics are the big thing. According to this report from CNBC, this thing also has... Improved touch controllers that contain embedded sensors, allowing for better hand tracking and new lenses for improved reading experiences. Yeah, okay. Once again, parlor tricks, a little more advanced. Here's something more. The new headset contains some mixed reality features, 
As if we're not living in a mixed reality now, Daddy-O. This can blend elements of the virtual world with the physical world, like what Google has already done with uh, with their stuff. Uh, Zuck has touted that as an important feature in the creation of the of the metaverse, which refers to the digital worlds that people can access via virtual reality and augmented reality headsets. Okay, you know, let's just say I'm quasi interested now. Okay, I'm on the hook here. I'm gonna I'm gonna hear hear you out. And then there's issues already. One word comes to mind because it's in the story. Uh, one word pops up and it sends most people into a bit of a panic or a sweat. And that one word is Microsoft. Yeah, there's a lot of people that know what that, you know, know about that company from its early days and what they continue to do. Those who use Windows products will know what I'm talking about and how frustrating and bloated that software can possibly be. It's the reason why Skype turned into a turd. <laughs> it's how Zoom beat Skype is the word Microsoft. At any rate, Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella also showed up during this online event that was that was revealing this new headset and discussed a partnership with Meta intended to bring some of Microsoft's work collaboration apps to Quest VR devices. Okay, uh, think about that for a minute. <clears throat> they want to, you know, Microsoft is... It's about production. It's about productivity. It's about office work. It's about these types of things. You stuffed shirt, cubicle, sitting some bitch that's got a bit saddled with having to work with things like the Microsoft 365 suite of work software and the company's Xbox cloud gaming service. But it's all tied together in this meta thing, perhaps. Now, I don't know about you. Okay, I get the gaming thing. That's what the VR headset and the AR headset is probably for. It's entertainment. It's a place to escape. It's whatever it is. You're going to play the game. You can kind of feel more like you're in the game. Okay, whatever. But when you but you're but you're but you're dragging along with that Microsoft 365 and its work software. That's their their email systems. Oh, trust me, I, I'm having to deal with that because of some some of the stuff that we do here at Pirate Radio Studios. But there is that. And we're sort of forced into it, by the way. But there's all the all the things that that comes with it. So it's expected for you to have a fifteen hundred dollar headset for you to complete your work and your job when the person that your coworker that's with you in the virtual world is dressed like a Wookie or whatever. <laughs> ah, damn, Jimmy, what are you? I'm a walrus. Uh, how, how can any of this be taken seriously, you ask? You can't. Anyway, Microsoft does say that you'll be able to play 2D games with your Xbox controller projected on a massive screen on Quest. Great. I'm going to put on a 3D, a thing that allows me to play 3D, but play a 2D thing through the 3D thing. And there's a middleman involved. Um, Nadella said that it's early days, but we're excited for what's to come. Uh, sure, it's it's all about that. To wrap it up for for the for the eleventh of October, it says here Meta shares were down about four and a half percent in midday trading. Uh, one twenty seven hundred twenty seven dollars and eighty five cents a share, underscoring a muted response from investors about the new VR headset. I'm not the only one who feels like this. There are there's a lot of tech people that are that are going through this thing far more advanced than what we're talking about here, but they're they're kind of poo poo in the thing too. I mean, look, we've been through, we've been down this road before. Like I said, it's a, it's a parlor trick. 
does it hold any validity? Not really. To answer that, my earlier question, is this good? Personally, not really. If you're playing Call of Duty or something like that that's got this thing going on, you can have a lot of fun with it. I get that. That makes sense to me. The world of of, of gaming gets a little more exciting when you got this thing on your head. I, I can I can imagine that. I can see that. But with when it comes to things like the VR thing, I have to think too back when 3D film was a thing. You know what I'm talking about. You go to the movies and they give you the glasses, you put them on, you watch the film, and, you, and there's all the, ooh, there's you know jump scares and there's things being thrown at you and all of that stuff. And it's a reactionary thing. Well, once again, what was that? What was that again? It's a trick. It's a clever trick. And if you'll notice, how many films come out in 3D anymore? I mean, granted, we had this pandemic. Okay, I'll give you that. So there's like two, two and a half years, three years of this nonsense. And uh, the film industry took it on the chin, and and there it was. There was just not a – there wasn't much in production. And it sure as shit wasn't any 3D stuff. Even the big the big tentpole projects – the latest of the the comic book films, those are the those are the big blockbusters. They're not doing the 3D thing. You know why that is? Two reasons. One of them, it's kind of pricey in production. Okay, I get that. Number two, and probably the most important, audiences don't want it. They really don't. They don't. They don't go to movie theaters hoping to see a film and they go, you know, there might be a guy that goes, oh, I'm looking forward to seeing this in 3D. And they get there and they go, where's this in 3D? And they go, sorry, sir, it's not in 3D. And they go, oh, how sad. Okay, but I still want a ticket to go see it. It's not, it, it doesn't turn people away. And the notion of strapping on these, these glasses, these polarized glasses, and you can watch the thing. And I mean, it goes all the way back into the 50s, for God's sake. Um, with the different color lenses, there were the cardboard glasses with the, with the like a acetate type of stuff that you would look through as a plastic type thing. One was red and one was blue, and your eyes it tricks your brain into thinking the two images that you're seeing are come together and it's a 3D thing. And it uses the uh, was it like the spectral separation of your eyeballs to create that 3D illusion on a screen, and your brain sees it that way and it's like, oh wow, there it is. Look, it's in 3D. Vincent Price just threw a head at me. And the new thing uses a a slightly different technique, but it's not terribly different. It's just a little more sexy to look at. But there again, it became a trick that audiences didn't really demand. Think about it. There was no demand for 3D film. And for some reason, Mark Zuckerberg and company over there at Facebook, Meta, have... Have, have dude has it in his head that the whole world is going to demand this 3D virtual reality thing. When in fact, I can prove to you that it's not going to go well at all, even though it's in its infancy. You know why it's not going well at all? Because the people that work for Zuckerberg, the people in his office, the people that are doing the work have code that they use... <laughs> Not, I'm not making this up. If you heard the show this Wednesday morning, Tuesday morning, that would be this morning. I know this is coming out late. Um, there's a there's a weird inner office code that happens between people that work on different development teams within Facebook, and the code is MMH, 
which means make Mark happy. They're just doing this work to grab a check, and it's like, okay, the guy's being a weirdo. Okay, let's make him happy, and he wants this. We'll give it to him. And now, in the midst of all of this, Zuck wants his production teams, his development teams, and all of this stuff to happen, these meetings to happen where, you guessed it, in the virtual world. It's like when corporate forces you, if you've ever worked in a corporate, like a large corporation, and they've got some stupid product that uh, they're trying to force down everybody's throat, and you know, you know it's going to suck because nobody, nobody on the staff wants to even fool with it because, like, oh, this is stupid. Uh, <laughs> Lord knows I have been through that when I worked at the other place and corporate was like, oh, we've got this new uh, service that we want all of our staff to use. It's a, a show prep service and, uh, and and everything on it was like like a week old. You know, it was like, oh, come on, dude. And you would you'd bitch about it. And go, well, no, you have to log into it a certain times of uh, I'm serious, a certain number of times a day. And if you didn't, you wound up on a list and then they call you into the GM's office. I'm not kidding you. And they would sit there and they go, well, how come you're not using our service there, Rick? And you go, well, you know, your service sucks. That's why. Well, you can be a contributor. No, I don't. I don't have time for that. I have a show to do. I have this. These things take work, and they do. And I'm I'm working for for me, which ultimately you profit from, and that's how this works. But the same thing over at Facebook. Zuck wants to start having these meetings in the virtual world, which I assume are probably high comedy. If they do happen at all, because the problem is, it turns out that there's people on the development team. Uh huh. The people that are building the code and building all the stuff, the the virtual world that is this thing, that don't even have the headsets. Why don't they? Well, they, they don't want to buy them. That's $1,500. That's $1,500. It's a lot of money. The company should pay for it. Perhaps they do. Perhaps they don't. I don't know. From the things that I've seen, there's a lot of people that work for this company that are like, No. We think your product is stupid. The only reason why we're doing this is to make Mark happy. That's that's why that's why that is. I mean, you know, if you think about it, and you there's not much of a difference between you know our standard paper pushing um, corporation and these people. There's no difference. It's all the same thing. I get it. You know, and even the employees are like, oh, this is bullshit. What are we doing here? This is not going to go well. They're not saying that openly. They don't have to. I can read between the lines as much as the next guy. Uh, Is this the end of Facebook? Maybe. Is anybody going to miss it? Probably not. (laughs) I'm thinking, I don't know. Once again, I could be wrong about all of this. Um, If there... Look, they've announced today that the new headset is going to be available and will ship on the 25th of October. It's $1,500. You want to strap it to your head and go play around in a virtual world? Knock yourself out, I suppose. It's your money. It's your life. It's it's your thing. I'm not here to tell you yay or nay, except, you know, I can tell you I'm not, I don't have any interest in it. But then again, I'm not in that demo. I'm not, I'm not what they're targeting for. And that's fine. But there are going to be people that are going to say, yes, I'm going to spend this money because I think it's cool and it's that's wonderful. There, there is going to be that. The trick is, is there going to be more of those than there will be those that won't? And that's the real true measure of how successful a thing can become. Does that make sense? I hope so. Because we'll see what happens. Only time will tell. 
You know, we watched Google very quietly bring things into the forefront, you know, things that they were working on, things they were trying to do, uh, what they wanted to, you know, put together. We saw that happen. We saw that work. And if it didn't work, what did they do? They quietly put a bullet in it out by the back. <laughs> hey, there's Elvis. Boom. And there is that. That's the end of it. Google Lens, anybody? Not Google Lens. Google Glass. Remember that? The Google Glass. It's the same tech. They just moved it over to their apps with their phones. And Apple's doing the same thing. And now Zuck is trying to do this all over again, claiming that it's all his. And I just, I frankly, I don't see it. I don't see it working. I mean, shit, investors have already, you know, look, he took a 5% dip already. He's already, what is he, what is he lost? $75 billion so far. Think about that. $75 billion with a B. Dollars. That buys him like, I don't know, nine t-shirts because he buys the really expensive ones. It's a whole lot of sweet baby Ray barbecue sauce, which by the way, <laughs> you can go down that rabbit hole on your own. Seriously, search Zuckerberg sweet baby Ray. Fascinating. Uh, that, no, I don't see this happening. And if long-term investors go, well, if you're chasing people off and people are already running away, this is not going to bring them back. It's a trick. It's a parlor trick. They'll come and they'll play with it for a little bit. But at $1,500, no, you can take that headset and run it. Square up your ass. Hi, this is Reverend Oma with the Broom Closet Metaphysical Shop. We have a huge selection of spiritual supplies and gifts for whatever your path or practice. We stock hundreds of gemstones and specimens and carry a variety of beautifully crafted gemstone jewelry starting at just $10. Our talented staff offer tarot readings, aura and chakra analysis, and sound baths. Book your appointment or shop online at thebroomcloisetmemphis.com or visit our shop in downtown Memphis at 552 South Main. Come to The Broom Closet and let us help you light your path. Hi, it's Olivia Munn with my shelter pets, Frankie and Chance. Say hi, guys. When I adopted them, I discovered that they both have incredible personalities. Chance's sole purpose in life is to love and to be loved. Frankie is a little bit of a scoundrel and always entertaining. They're a little bit of a lot of things, but they're all pure love. Adopt pure love at theshelterpetproject.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council, the Humane Society of the United States, and Maddie's Fund. Here's what's coming up on the next episode from Radio Land with Rick Cheddar. We've all known it, we've all suspected it, now we all know about it. But we refuse to really kind of deal anything about it. What I mean here is journalistic integrity. Journalistic accountability. Yeah, you know, because you see the things that you see, you read about, hear about in the news, what's happening here, there, and the other, and a lot of it is, thankfully, thanks to the last guy, it has been, well, shit, that's not real. <laughs> but there's no accountability for it. It's all left to you to figure that out. Is that is that is that is that correct? Should it be? That's all. It's a good question because you know, back in the day when you held were held accountable for this, you were held accountable. Nowadays, look, you got to remember. As a journalist or a reporter or anybody that reports on the news, there's no license that that grants you that right to do it. You just do it. Yeah, that's right. You can be one, too. All you got to do is open up your mouth. Whether it's true or not, whole another story. For previous episodes, go to radio-memphis.com. To download episodes to your mobile device, search the show in iTunes, player.fm, stitcher.com, Pocket Cast, or tune in. And now, here's more with Rick Cheddar from Radioland. There you go. You heard what's coming up next time on the program here from the uh, the cozy confines of Studio A here at Radio Land, uh, part of the Radio Memphis family of things. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Coming up on Saturdays, we don't really talk about the station much over here, but I probably should because, you know, that's what we do here. <laughs> Part of it. Got a show that Maddox and them from uh, the Heavyweight Chumps has put together. It's called the Radio Memphis Saturday Night Main Event. And what is this, you ask? This is a, a kind of a variety show uh, on your radio. It's an audio-only show. It's recorded live in front of a studio audience, which is kind of fun. And it involves a comedian or two comedians for like an hour. And then a little bit later on is, is a musician or two doing a solo duo, acoustic-type thing for about a half an hour. It's kind of fun. It's a cool show. It runs Saturday nights. That's right. Saturday night at 10.30 p.m. Central Time. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I feel like I have to really weirdly spell it out because we have people that listen from all over the world. I get that. It's just, you know, I don't know, whatever. Uh, the first episode debuted already. Uh, that was last Saturday, and that was our friend uh, Jimmy the Pervert. <laughs> oh, my God, that was so funny. And... Um, Music from uh, Cheyenne Mars from Spacer. Uh, it's a fun show, yeah, and it will be available later on down the road, but we've had to do kind of a deal with the with the artist on this. So they get a live record out of this, both the comedians and the musicians. So there, there is that. So, yeah, it's in production now, and it is running now through the end of the year. Saturday nights at 10.30 p.m. Central. Uh, we'll see what season two holds for us. That'll happen another three months down the way. So let's get through season one, shall we? Uh, some cool stuff happening. It's on the way, and that's kind of what we do. We're developing a lot of stuff as we move along, and plus uh, we'll, we'll need to hip you to a uh, a partnership, an unlikely partnership that has happened, happened in the world of television. That's coming soon. It's uh, our friends, I can tell you this, Outlaw Television. Uh, search it. You'll see what I'm talking about. And uh, we're going to be doing some stuff with those those cats too. So, yeah, always always doing something. Whether it's right or wrong, you got to do it. You got to keep. You got to keep going. It's not a matter of being fresh. It's like you know, hey, we're in a position we could probably do this now, perhaps. So, uh, that that's that's what that's all about, isn't it? So there. On that note, we're out of here. Enjoy your time. Enjoy your week. We thank you for streaming, downloading, listening. However it was that you got this program available everywhere you get your podcast or. Or actually broadcast on the air at radio-memphis.com on Thursday nights at midnight. Or Thursday mornings at midnight. Or Wednesday nights at midnight. It's Wednesday, Thursday. It's that spot where it goes from Wednesday to Thursday. That's where this thing sits. I follow Spud because, you know, Spud's cool. (laughs) It works. Don't laugh at me. It works. Y'all be sweet. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. For God's sake, stop shooting each other, all right? I'm Rick Cheddar. And this has been from Radioland. Rick Cheddar from Radioland is produced by Pirate Radio Studios Incorporated, Memphis, Tennessee. All music performed during this episode was used by permission. No part of this program can be rebroadcast or used in any other way except by written consent. For more, go to radio-memphis.com.